Thank you for choosing our podcast. This is truly an exciting time for City Lights Church, and we are seeing God move in extraordinary ways. For more information on how you can get plugged into what God is doing at City Lights or to financially partner with us, just visit us on the web at citylightsac.org. Stay connected with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us by searching at City Lights AC. Tune in every Sunday as we stream live through Facebook Livestream. Today's message is from our Greatest Hits series. Journey back with us as we revisit our most popular sermons. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this message. You don't know if you're at a rock concert or church this morning. All the church are people like I knew I should have went to Mammal's church. All the unchurched people like, I love this church. Love this church. Well, hey, we are so glad that you're here this morning. If you're watching online, we want to say welcome for uh, welcome here to City Lots. We've got an online host who would love to communicate with you, so let us know where you're watching from. I think it was last week we uh, had somebody chime in. They're watching from California, so we just, we'd love to know where you're at. We'd love to communicate with you. want to welcome you guys again. Good Lord, it's loud. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, Joan Jett. I mean, the Spirit's moving in here this morning. The Spirit's moving in here. So we are in a series called Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits, and the whole idea behind it is... We are turning two years old on September 4th, and we had decided leading up to that, we would go back and visit some of our most popular, perhaps edgy, or most memorable, moving sermons. And so in February of 2015, we launched a series called Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll. It's everywhere. Let's talk about it. And so we're hitting that this week. I'm going to get into that a little bit this morning. But I want to say this to you. I'm going to cover some things this morning that you may already have some preconceived notions about. And what would be best for you is to not judge me or what you think my opinion is until the end of the message. Amen? Fair enough. I won't judge you. Don't judge me. Because I think what we're going to see here is that we're going to cover, obviously, if you don't know, there's a, we're a little bit rowdy in here today, and we're going to cover some adult topics. Um, we're going to just briefly hit them. But I think what you're going to see is that God has an incredible word for all of us in here this morning, whether you're here seeking your faith, whether you're here and you're a lifelong Christian, or maybe you're hurting and you're just trying to rediscover who you are and what all this Jesus means to you. Because how many of you know that God's word can penetrate those who are extremely uh, hardened and those who think they know it all? God's word can do it all. And so no doubt there's room uh, for all of us in here to grow and to learn and God's word. I'm excited to get going this morning. I want to just start off by saying, as we dive into this, again, be open-minded. We're in this series, Greatest Hits. Honestly, if you come back next week, there's no telling what we'll do. We have an idea, but I mean, we're just going to get rowdy these next couple weeks, and we want you to be a part of it. How many of you, when you drive down the road, Especially if you're like in a two lane and there's no cars coming and you're going on the curves, you'll cheat a little bit and cross the L line. Just be honest. Let's go ahead and videotape all these standards right here. Make sure we get that on camera, please. I do too. And so yesterday, I am going up to Walmart in Clinton and I'm right there. You know, I'm turning left and I'm in the right lane and there's another car beside me. And I'm always like a little leery because sometimes when I take like a wide turn and get over in people's lane, but so we're in there, we're in, we're, we're turning, the lights turns green and I begin going and this car kind of speeds up in front of me a little bit. I say in front of me, she's in the left-hand lane and I'm in this lane and she kind of starts taking a wide turn while well, I noticed her bumper was hanging off. So immediately <laughs> I know she's got some problems driving. Okay. 
And I'm OCD about my vehicles. They're not perfect, but like I just definitely don't want to be in no wreck anywhere at any time for any, you know, especially someone crossing over that line. And I'll be honest with you, I laid on my horn. But then I remembered I had a City Lights church sticker on my back, <laughs> on the back of my window. So I was like, be careful. Be careful. So they do help you drive better. If you, we, ha- we actually have some decals if you'd like to have one. But I did lay on my horn at first, and I was, and my windows are really dark and tennis. So I was like, she don't even know, they don't even know who it's me. But, and I got thinking, like, normally when that yellow line's there and there's no one coming, or I'm on a two-lane road, I cross it a little bit. But what I realize is that when I don't need boundaries, I'm cool with it. But when I do need boundaries, I don't want people crossing them. Do you know what I mean? Like that yellow line, that was my boundary. You infringed my territory, and I'm mad about it. And what we see is that really God has boundaries for us. God has boundaries for us. Have you ever been on like an old back road in East Tennessee? I mean, surely you have. And you're driving where like, you know, there's cliffs and there's no like guardrails or anything like that. And normally you don't think of it, right? It's just no big deal. It's just our road. But when you get a little, you get a little edge close to the edge, you're like, hey man, where's the boundaries at? Where's the guardrails at around here? This is crazy. And I think what we're going to see this morning, we're going to look at some of, God's, some of God's boundaries. If you're taking notes, also let me mention this to you. On the YouVersion Bible app, if you have that app, you can pull up in your phone right now if you're watching online. And you can just follow along with us. We've got all of our scriptures on there. There's a place for you to take a notes. Um, other little cool things, that's YouVersion. It's a free Bible app. You just click on more, click on events, and you'll see City Lights Church. You pulled up, and every scripture I'm reading this morning will be there, plus some other thought-provocative questions for you to be kind of dealing with. But what I want you to see here as we dive into this message, I want to lay this foundational point, okay? This is the bottom line, that God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. How many would agree with that? Some of you. God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. And there's been many times in my life where I have not really understood that, but particularly when it comes to sex, drugs, and rock and roll, God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. Now, let me just kind of ask a couple questions here to kind of maybe get some thoughts going. Maybe if you grew up in church, you heard things like this. You shouldn't shouldn't have sex before you're married. Shouldn't have sex before you're married. Or maybe you heard things like, you really shouldn't live together unless you're married. You really shouldn't live together unless you're married. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Or you've heard things like, Sex is a good thing, but it only needs to be for marriage. Don't be out sleeping with everybody that you can, because you'll regret it. And I think that what happens is, like, when you're raised up that way, you begin to have these thoughts, right? That, okay, maybe I shouldn't have sex, or maybe... Or if you're seeking your faith, like, well, what does God even really care? I mean, I'm an adult. He made me this way. I'm attracted to her. I'm attracted to him. I mean, I'm an adult. What's the big deal? Or we have things like this. Maybe you're divorced and you're starting over in life and you're wondering like, okay, does God, I mean, do the rules still apply to me if, you know, like I've already been married and I'm old and my kids are grown and, you know, I mean, it's like, do they still apply to me? I mean, I'm past that kind of 18, 19 year old stage. Or maybe you're, maybe you're here and you're thinking, okay, you've had sex outside of marriage You've done things that you feel like 
for whatever reason, you don't even know if the Bible says it, you just feel like God's mad at you, and you're like, how do I get back into God's good grace? How do I get back? How have I crossed these boundaries? How do I get back? And then maybe some of you, you're like, well, if I have crossed the boundaries, then it's really too late for me, so I'm just going to keep living crazy. Right? I'm just going to keep living crazy, and, and I'll trust God will forgive me. And so what happens is this. I think, listen, God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. And I want to say this. Sex is a good thing. Can I get an amen from anybody? Amen. It's a good thing inside God's boundaries. Okay? Inside God's boundaries. It's a good thing. We were created for that. God made us that way. Sex is a good thing. And uh, listen, this is going to be weird if you don't understand this. But did you know your sexuality is a representation of your relationship with Christ? We're like, whoa, dude, that's not cool. So this is what happens when we cross God's boundaries. And I'm not here to condemn or judge anybody that's doing whatever you're doing. That's not my job. We're going to love you and teach you and meet you where you are. So I want you to, if you're feeling like a little squirmy, you're like you're starting to get that preacher sweat. It's all good, man. It's all good. We're not here to judge you. We're just going to love you. But what, what happens is this, is that Sex is tied to our heart. When we give our feelings away, it's, it's tied to our heart. Would you agree? That's, it's more than just physical. There's that intimate connection and so forth and so on. But what happens is this. When I have sex outside of God's boundaries, even though I'm an adult, and even though it's like, you know, people say, Lord, I mean, you know I'm going to marry her. One day we're going to get married. I mean, we're basically married. <laughs> what happens when you have sex outside of God's boundaries is you begin to tear your heart out. Or, or here's the deal. You're like a really good Christian, and you're like, I'm not having sex. I'm going to wait. But you lust. And you remember what Jesus said. If you thought it, you've done it. So you just, you tear your heart out. Job 31.1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes to not look lustfully upon a woman. So you're saying, hey, I'm not going to have sex. And honestly, what's the big deal if I look at a little porn every now and then? It's like I'm actually having sex, right? What's the big deal? And what happens is the next person to give you attention, the next person that you feel vulnerable with, that you feel in love with, you give yourself away and it begins to tear your heart out. What about, you know, pastor, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, man, I really like to have a drink every now and then. Somebody thought we were going to take communion this morning. (laughs) This is a real bottle of wine, so you got two thoughts going on. Dude, my pastor is awesome, (laughs) or this church is crazy. (laughs) And it's very possible that it's both. But what about when it comes to drinking? Like, what's the big deal? What is the boundary? I mean, can I have a couple drinks? What's wrong with getting a little tipsy, a little giggly? I only drunk dial when I drink, you know, tequila. I mean, what's the big deal? I'll back off that. What's the big deal if I have just a couple drinks? I'm 21 years old. I drink at home. I work all week. Come on, right? I work hard. What's wrong if I have a drink, Pastor? Well, let me be honest with you. This right here is neutral. Alcohol by itself 
this bottle does not affect you. It's neutral. However, when you step into the realm of indulging and engaging, the problem can become that you cross the boundary. So what's the boundary? Well, I know if you're churchy, you, you have some preconceived notions. But I can say this with absolute certainty. Nowhere in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation does it tell you you can't drink. However, it warns numerous times about the pain it causes, about being a drunkard, about being wine as a mocker, about how to be sober-minded. So it's almost like there's kind of like this gray area where like, okay, well, I can't find anywhere in Scripture that says Jesus doesn't love me if I have a glass of wine. So what's the big deal if I just get drunk every now and then? Honestly, here's the big deal. The Bible says not to. It says not to get drunk. So when we become crazy, fall down, strawberries on our knees, you've crossed the boundary. Okay? You have. Now listen, at this church, we don't debate can adults or Christians have a glass of wine because Scripture, um, is there's room for interpretation. There just is. But what we're saying is God has set this boundary not to cross. And he gives us these boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. I don't want you to raise your hand, but come on somebody if you know God said, hey, don't get drunk because it can be a bad thing. It can be fun, but it can be a bad thing. I'm just being honest. So then what is the deal, these boundaries here? What's too much? If God instilled these boundaries to protect us and not to hurt us, then why do I feel like Christians are so stiffy all the time? They're so, you know, traditional and, you know, judgmental and why? Well, I want us to look at some scripture this morning. And again, don't, don't, I'm not giving this bottle of wine away, by the way, so don't be asking for me. I'm not saying I'm taking it, but I just don't know where it's going. But don't be making any preconceived notions until we finish the message. However, I will say this, just so we're clear on this church blue since we're opening up this conversation. I think sex is an incredible thing inside the confines of marriage for a man and a woman. I think that God loves all people, and I do too. I think that alcohol is neutral by itself. I think if you choose to drink, you should be 21. And I think the Bible warns about doing it in excess. And I don't think you can argue with that. You probably could. But then again, you probably argue about everything if that was you. So, <laughs> so here's where we're going this morning. We're in the Old Testament. I want to read just a few scriptures with, with you this morning. There's a man named Moses. Anybody ever heard of Moses? This is the context of where we're going. Moses was the one who received the Ten Commandments from the Lord. He led the Israelites out of slavery, uh, captivity, if you will, um, from Pharaoh and the Egyptians, okay? So he has went up on the mountain. He's received the Ten Commandments. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 6, but in Deuteronomy chapter 5, he receives them again. And basically what's happening is this. Moses, he's pulled the people out of Egypt. It's coming to the end of the road, and he's fixing to pass the baton onto a man named Joshua, Joshua. So this is kind of like his farewell speech, if you will. There again, hang with me. The title of this message is Behind the Caution Tape, and I want you to be aware that God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. If you're ready to look at some scripture, say, come on. Come on. This is Deuteronomy 
chapter 6, verse 1. It says, These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Now, this is, I told our volunteers, this is, this is how I feel. I feel commanded to teach. I did not choose uh, a pastoral career. I feel like God called me. I have a calling on my life. So I can relate to Moses that this morning I've come to teach you on some edgy things that you may have some notions about that could be wrong. He says, these are the commands, decrees. Remember, he's just read the Ten Commandments. Hang on, that will come back. And regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. Now listen, Moses has led these people out of Egypt, okay? And they're fixing to enter the land of Canaan or the promised land, but they're not there yet. And I wanted to ask somebody this morning, have you ever come out of a dire situation that God pulled you out of and you saw the promise where he wanted you to go, but you weren't there yet? You're stuck at the Jordan? Anybody? He's pulled you out of Egypt and you're, you, pray, you see that, okay, thank God I'm not where I was, but you've still got this Jordan to cross to get to the promised land. Anybody ever been stuck there? That's what's happening here. And what he's saying is, I want to just give you the most basic principle understanding of what God wants. Now, Michael, listen, they did this in the volunteer service. I literally cannot see because the lights are so bright. So you're going to have to come up a little bit before you throw it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. In 1959, a young 45-year-old man now tell me, who did I just make friends with, the 45 and older crowd? A young 45-year-old, some of y'all don't get it. The young 20-year-olds are like, what are you saying here? Is he making fun of old people? <laughs> a young 45-year-old man takes a head coaching job of an NFL team that the previous season, they only won two games. Now listen, you don't have to be in the sports, but the only time two is a good number, you're playing soccer, okay? <laughs> Other than that, it's no good. It's no bueno. But this NFL team had only won two games the previous season. They had a dying fan base, and basically they were losing money. There was no hope. Two previous wins the previous season, a dying fan base. A young 45-year-old man, first time as a head coach in the NFL, walks into a locker room and would completely change that organization. In 1959, that 45-year-old man was a man named Vince Lombardi. That team that he was coaching... Dang it, was the Green Bay Packers. Vince walks into the very first preseason practice, and this is what he says. Remember, these guys are professional football players. They're making a lot of money. They've been playing forever. They know every rule, every in and out about the game. They know everything you could know. Any Christians like that in here? You know some, right? They know everything. Vince Lombardi, he walks in. He stands there for a moment. First preseason practice. He grabs a football and he says five words that would completely change the franchise and turn that team around. He looked at him and said, Gentlemen, this is a football. Pretty profound, right? For a bunch of professional NFL players. But see, what Vince was doing that day, Leslie, was he was taking it back to the basics. How many of you in here? The older you've gotten crossed and the more churchy you've got, your views get skewed about what matters most. Right? We all do. We let legalism ride up in our heart. We let judgment override forgiveness and compassion and mercy. And that day Vince said, hey, 
This is a football. What Moses was telling the Israelites is this is what matters most. These Ten Commandments. Hang with me just for a moment. In the New Testament, someone asked Jesus, hey, what matters the most? Out of all the commands, what matters the most? And Jesus says two things, right? Love God and love people. Love God and love people. Well, so does that contradict what happened to Moses when he's telling them about the Ten Commandments. We speak this here that there is tension in Scripture, but there is never contradiction. Amen? There's, there may be things that you don't understand, but it does not mean it contradicts itself. I had a conversation with my neighbor the other day, and honestly, he was a little drunk. And me and my wife were, he was, me and my wife, and I'm not judging him, it's all good. Me and my wife were outside having a spiritual conversation with him, and that's what he began saying is that the Bible contradicts itself. Well, honestly, this is no offense to you or to him, but that's a level of ignorance because he does not understand that God's word is pure, it is holy, it is correct for teaching, rebuking, training. There is no contradiction from Genesis to Revelation, amen, pastor, anybody, right? There may be tension. There may be things that you don't understand. So we find ourselves then Moses saying the most basic things are these Ten Commandments, but yet Jesus says, hey, love God and love people. Well, here's what you must understand. The tension there is this. We discover it this way. In the Ten Commandments, the first four deal with God. The remainder deal with people, each other. So when Jesus says love God, love people, all he's really doing is backing up what the Father spoke. The first ones are love God, and then the second half is about loving people. Are you with me? And so what Moses is telling the people, and what I'm telling the people of City Lots is we just need to get back to the basics and just worry about do we love God, not what kind of music is being played, how do people dress at your church, where does your church meet at, how messed up people are. And honestly, listen, I'm not judging you, but maybe there are many of you, you've tore your heart out, you've crossed a lot of sexual boundaries. And you feel like you're damaged goods. And I just want to tell you that your past does not put you in a position to not receive God's provision of favor on your life for the future. He's a good, good father. Here you go, Michael. Don't let me hit Robin. Cool. Moses is saying, hey, what matters most is let's get back to the basics. Vince Lombardi was saying, let's get back to the basics. And I wanted you just to know today that what matters most is loving God and loving people. Nothing else matters more than that. That's why at City Lights Church, we're not going to argue about drinking. We're not going to argue about smoking cigarettes. We're not going to argue about who's been divorced and remarried or if you read King James or the message. What matters most is that Jesus Christ and Him crucified on the cross was enough to save all of us who are hurting and need of Him. And last time I checked, according to Scripture, we're all in need of Him. Amen. He says, hey, this is what the Father commanded me to teach you. Verse 2. He's just got done saying, um, he's commanded me to teach you this. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy, verse 2. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord. So that, that word fear, don't like go old school immediately and think like thunderbolts and lightning. It basically means reverence and awe and respect. So, and you and your children and grandchildren, you must live in um, awe or respect or reverence of the Lord your God. Listen, as long as you live. Listen. It's an if clause. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen, God wants you to live a good, long life. And that's not just necessarily the quantity of your life. It is the quality of your life. Too many Christians, how many Christians do you know, they're miserable, right? And I'm like, why? I mean, I get it. We all have problems. We're sinful. We're jacked up. People cut us off and we want to flip them off. I get all that. 
But God wants us to live a good, long life. And look, he says, you and your children and your grandchildren. Man, I've got two kids, and I'm learning more now than ever the influence the world has on them. I saw a post on Facebook the other day. A lady was taking her daughter to, uh, basically, she's a freshman for the first time and getting in high school, and she put like a little hashtag, world be kind, because the world's cruel, right? It's cruel. And he's saying, hey, just live in awe and respect. Notice he doesn't say perfection. Notice he doesn't say, you must be able to quote the whole book of Isaiah. You must go to church every Sunday. But just respect the Lord. Love Him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And what happens is this, is when people pick and choose, notice that Moses says, if you're taking notes, you should underline the word all, obey all his decrees, because how many of you know that we often pick and choose what we like? Right? This is be honest. We pick and choose, and then what happens is when things go to hell in a handbasket, you get mad at God. Right? Proverbs 19.3. It says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Hey, listen, you're not broke because God doesn't love you. You're broke because you probably bought a car you can't afford, right? You're broke because you can't manage money. You don't have money to go to the grocery store because you eat out all the time. I mean, just be honest. God's not mad at you, bro. You just don't know how to handle your money. It's not the end of the world, but stop blaming him. And that's why it's important that we follow all of them. And not just pick and choose. Because sometimes we have misguided, misdirected anger towards him when it's really our fault. You hear people say something like, the Lord, buddy, the Lord's trying to show me something. I know he is. I can feel him working, brother Peyton. I feel him working on me. No, you're just in a season of life where you're learning probably how to be responsible is what it is. Or you're fixing to make a big screw-up decision and you want to blame it on God teaching you something. I mean, he's always with you and he loves you, but let's not blame like your bad behavior on our Savior, right? He's always teaching you something. He's always teaching you something. But don't let your own foolishness be the cause of your anger towards him. Don't let your anger be the cause of misguided belief that God is for you, excuse me, against you, when he is ultimately always for you. I want to continue to verse 3. Listen to what Moses says. He says, listen closely. Listen closely, Israel. Listen closely, city lights. And be careful to obey. Listen, then all will go well with you. That's interesting, and I'm not trying to be like word picky and stuff, but it does not say that all will be well. It says all will go well with you because how many of you know, just like the old song, that if you've got crossed in the storm, I mean, it is well with my soul, whether I have a lot, wherever I have a little. And just while I'm on that note, Philippians 4.13, it's a lot of people's live verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That does not mean, listen, I'd love to be able to go to outer space, but most likely it's not going to happen. I don't have a million dollars. I'm not smart enough to be an astronaut. So I'm not going to like get tattooed Philippians 4.13 and be mad at God when I can't be an astronaut. Right? Two football teams that are playing and they both, both quarterbacks have Philippians 4.13 under their eye. Well, who does God love more? Because one team is going to win. <laughs> what it means, Paul is saying, I've had a lot and I've had a little. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
And what he's saying here is basically, you can do all things. It'll be well with you. It'll go well. God will work it out for your good. And listen, then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Remember, this is Moses' kind of farewell speech, and he's telling them, hey, the promise is coming. And I wanted to tell somebody here today, you feel like you're out of Egypt. You've not crossed the Jordan, but you can see the promised land. The promise is coming if you'll just stay faithful. If you'll know that the boundaries that are guiding you are to protect you, not to hurt you, you will receive it, Jesse. Not off your merit, but off of his mercy. Not off your goodness, but off of his grace. I want to just skip ahead a little bit for time's sake and begin to wind this down. How many have kids, nieces, nephews, little people in your life? I want you to listen to what Moses says here. He's this farewell speech. He's basically saying, hey, what matters most is loving God, loving people, getting back to the basics. We skip ahead just a little bit for time's sake. This is verse 20. He says, in the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Anybody have kids that are starting to ask spiritual questions? I'll be honest with you, some volunteers on our team, Troy and Cindy Martin, they've got two great kids, Caitlin and, and Trevor. And um, Trevor is 9 or 10, 11. <laughs> yeah, whatever, same thing. <laughs> and he will ask some of the most toughest questions to me, honestly. Like, just so tough, you know, so tough. And what I've figured out and what I've learned in my faith is that, honestly, if you can't explain to an 11-year-old what you believe, you might not be sure what you believe. Do you know what I mean? If you can't say it on that elementary of a level, then you, you might not really know. But he'll ask these tough questions, and, and my daughter's four, and um, she started asking about baptism the other day, and she's making comments like, maybe when I'm 10 or 15, I can be baptized. I was like, well, maybe, you know. At this point, I don't, I don't think that, um, of course, we, we tell her what it means, but at this point, it's not necessarily... At her mind, I don't think she's able to receive me going in and talking about baptism by immersion and believer's baptism. And I can tell her, hey, you know, you need to believe in Jesus. But your children are going to ask questions. Your, your nieces, your nephews, they're going to ask questions. And notice it says that in the future, your children, they're going to ask. Because at some point, whether you, listen, whether you know people who believe in God or not, or they're atheists or agnostic, and they say, no, God doesn't exist, or if he does, I'm not really sure. We are spiritual beings with a physical body. Okay, you're not a physical body with a spiritual feeling. You are spiritual first and physical second. There is that tension of I'm made for something more, right? And what happens is when the information is not there, when the knowledge is not there, they begin to go a different way or they begin to have different beliefs. And so when they come, they ask what is the meaning of all these, verse 21, Listen to what Moses says. Then you must tell them. I wanted to tell some parents today, or if you have nieces and nephews, don't shy away from the tough conversations. Casey, don't shy away from talking with your children about the Lord. Then you must tell them. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. Now he's sharing his, his story, and he's telling you share your testimony. Is basically what he's saying. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. Anybody ever been delivered from something by God's strong hand? Verse 22, the Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. This is the plagues that he sent out, and maybe you've seen God just do some incredible things in your life, and you don't know how he did it. 
but he worked it out for your good. And that's what Moses is saying. Hey, tell them how good your God is. Verse 23, he brought us out of Egypt so he could give us the land he had sworn to give our ancestors. If God has brought you out of addiction or whatever it may be, any kind of depression, any kind of stronghold, or honestly, he maybe brought you through a bad marriage. And I'm not saying it was his plan for you to be divorced, but God can use it. If he's ever brought you out of something strong and you felt like you had no other way out, but he made a way, you ought to just praise his name right now. And then 24, it says, The Lord our God commanded us to obey all, everybody say all, all these decrees, and to respect Him, to love Him, to live in reverence before Him, to fear Him, so He can continue to bless and preserve our lives as He has done to this day. God gives us boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us. He wants to continue blessing you. How many of you know that God's not just a God who wants to come and be a one and done? God wants to continue to bless you. Maybe you've been crossing some boundaries. Maybe you've been crossing some boundaries. And honestly, what keeps you there? is guilt or condemnation. I meet a lot of people, I meet a lot of people who are, who know that they're blatantly making some bad decisions. And their biggest thing is, how could God forgive someone like me? Have you ever felt that way? Like, how could God forgive someone like me? And I share this with our church all the time. But I don't really have necessarily, I'm not justifying, but I'm saying I understand why I acted like a fool pre-Jesus, you know, pre-following him. But some of my biggest convictions and guilt for my own self are the deliberate sins I've made since following him. Does that resonate with anybody? It's then, like, how can I find forgiveness in that? And what we see is that God gives us these boundaries to protect us, not to hurt us, Tracy. God's not a God up there who doesn't want you to have a bad life. Savannah, he wants you to have a good life. He's for you. I mean, he loves you more than anybody. He loves you more than anybody. And and I wanted to just show you something. Sound team, I'm ready when you are. God gives us these boundaries in our life to protect us. Not to hurt us. How many of you believe that? And he tells us, hey, don't go beyond the caution tape because back there is death. And what's crazy about us, those of us who are in Christ, is 
God's like, I've given you all this goodness. I've given you sex inside of my boundaries. I've given you choices to make inside of my boundaries. I've given you provision. I want you to have a good, long life. But what do we want in our sin? Everything back here, right? Right? God gives us all this, and the very thing that tempts us the most is behind the caution tape. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know that this seems like something you want, but outside of my boundary, it's a bad thing. Outside of my boundary, it's a bad thing. And this morning, I feel like God is calling a generation, multiple generations who are we feel like we're stuck behind the caution tape and we can, we're out of Egypt, but we're not into Jordan. We've not crossed the Jordan. And God's pulling you into new life, David. He's pulling you into new life. And this is the very thing we want. And I wanted to tell somebody this morning this. Maybe not just sexually, but spiritually in different ways. Maybe it is sexually. I don't know. felt like the Lord just told me for some of you it is so we tear our hearts out listen not just sexually but with greed and pride and arrogance and like we have such a high expectation for other people how they treat us but yet we treat the Lord the exact same way that we don't want to be treated and I just wanted to tell somebody this morning I just want to tell you that if you feel like, man, this is this is me, Pastor. Matter of fact, I'm beyond I'm behind the caution tape. And my heart's just tore out. I mean, I smile and I feel like I have it together most days, but I know deep down inside that my heart, because of the decisions I've made, because I went behind the caution tape, that I've torn my heart out. Then I wanted to tell you this this morning. from experience God is quick to forgive he is slow to anger and his love is unfailing and I just wanted somebody to know this if you're here this morning you feel like you're behind the caution tape and your heart's tore out if you'll just listen confess if you'll just confess where you're at if you'll confess that you're a part of the problem, that your foolishness is not God's fault, it's yours, I wanted to show you what God will do for every single person in here. You make your confession, you step out in faith over the caution tape, and watch God give you a new heart. Amen. God gives you a new heart and it's got some lines on it because you're cracked and messed up and I was supposed to use the other side. But I'm jacked up too, man. I was wondering why he's looking so weird, Tracy. God gives you a new heart. God will give you a new heart. I've experienced it in my own self and that's available for you this morning. I wonder if you'll just pray with me for just a moment. Father, we thank you God, for this day, and we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we thank you that even though we find ourselves behind the caution tape, Lord, with our hearts torn out, with our minds full of arrogance and pride, 
you love us anyway and that you want what is only good for us. God, you're quick to forgive and and help us this morning, Lord, for those who need a new heart to just simply ask you for that. That we would just cry out to you, Father, and ask to be made new because you make all things new. So God, I pray for our people here this morning that need a new heart. They feel convicted or they feel guilty because of their behavior. That you would just pour your grace out on them. And God, help me as the pastor of this people to focus on what matters most. And that's loving you and loving people. That we wouldn't get caught up in crazy stuff that doesn't matter. Lord, that we would love you with all our hearts, our souls, our minds, and all of our strength. Father, for those that need something new in their lives this morning. Would you do what only you can do? God, speak to them now. Emotionally help them step out behind the caution tape and give them a new heart. Give them a new heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you received the word of God this morning, can we celebrate that? Well, listen, we are so encouraged about what God is doing. I pray that you've been given a new heart today. If you need that, if there's something you're needing, God is the one who gives. We would love to talk with you. We're in this greatest hit series, and it would only make sense to go out the way we started. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Peyton. I just want to say thanks for checking in with us this morning. If you're listening via podcast or iTunes, we're so grateful that you're connecting with us. If you've been blessed through this ministry, would you send us your story to mystory@citylightsac.org? We would love to know how God is moving in you, how we can be praying for you and connecting with you. Thanks again and join us next week.